Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. We're just going to jump right in today because I feel like I've already talked about all my upcoming travel plans with the road trip and all of that. And actually, I realized um, with the timeline again, I have such a hard time with the timeline of these episodes that like by the time you hear all of my thoughts on preparing for this road trip, I will already be well into this road trip. So if you're not already, follow Going Out Your Door on Instagram for all of the updates on that. And today, as I always say, this is the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. We are getting into some very important information on how to get on the road if you want to travel internationally. Passports. What is a passport? How do you get one? We've already talked about passports a little bit in the visa-free travel episode because your passport is one of the things that allows you to travel without a visa to other countries, but I wanted to get into the nuts and bolts of passports and how you get one because it's such an important thing. I really think that everyone should have a valid passport even if you don't have upcoming plans to travel. It's just, it's so cool to have. It gives you that Um, unlimited possibility of like you could jump on a plane whenever, but also it's really important just for that factor of you could jump on a plane whenever, you know, if you suddenly need to leave the country or, you know, worst case scenario, you need to go help someone in another country, a friend or family member. It's just so important to have that passport. And yes, as we will get into, you can apply for them in an emergency situation with a very short turnaround time. But it's really expensive and very stressful, and it's better just to have a valid passport with you. Um, Well, not on your person at all times, but, you know, to have one um, that you can travel with at any time. So today is all about passports. I love my passport so much. It's honestly like my favorite souvenir from all my travels. I love looking at all the stamps and visas and everything in it. So I'm just a big fan in general. I think they're super cool. But of course, the main reason is that they are very functional and allow us to do a lot of things. So first off, what is a passport? A passport is an official document issued by a government certifying the holder's identity and citizenship and entitling them to travel under its protection to and from foreign countries. Yes, so in addition to letting you travel, a passport is also your, it can be an ID card. You know, if you ever need to show ID, you can also show your passport. It's not great to carry it around with you like that unless you absolutely need to just because it's such a hassle if it gets lost and replacing it and dealing with all of that. But fun story, when I was in college after I'd turned 21, I actually used my passport as a form of ID when I would go out with my friends because at that point I had a driver's license from the state of Maine And the driver's license ID that Maine issued was so shoddy that no bouncer or bartender or liquor store clerk believed that it was valid. Um, I got kicked out of a couple of liquor stores (laughs) because they thought I had a fake ID. It was not. It was my real ID. And so I just learned that if we were going out, I had to carry my passport. And always for fun, I would show them the ID first just to see if it would work. And they would be like, um, and I'd whip out the passport and be like, look, all the information is exactly the same. And they'd be like, okay, good. I'm, I'm really glad you brought the passport because I wasn't going to let you in with the ID. So passport as a backup form of ID can be very useful. And the state of Maine really needs to up its game on its IDs. I think they actually have since then. Um, I think they're much better, but 
back in the day, what was that? Uh, nine years ago, they were not issuing very good driver's licenses. Okay, so some fun facts. Uh, currently, 44% of the U.S. Well, not currently. This was 2020. 44% of the U.S. population holds a passport. Now, to me, in my mind, that is still a very low number. But in 1997, that was only 15% of people. And in 1990, only 4% of people had a passport. So... This number is steadily rising, which I think is fantastic, but I think it should be much closer to 100. The fact that it's lower than 50% is, I don't know if it's surprising, but it is a shame. I think more people should get their passport. The average passport, well, the average, the standard passport is 28 pages long, but you can actually request an extended one, and I think that's just for free, um, and it's 52 pages, so if you do travel quite a bit, you might want to get the extended passport, and this I did not know. I think it's cool, and if, if you think about it, it makes sense. If you are behind in child support payments more than $2,500, you cannot get a passport, which at first I was like, that seems like kind of a weird restriction, child support versus uh, a passport. But if you have the expendable income to travel abroad quite a bit, uh, you should probably be paying your child support payments. So I guess there is a bit of a correlation there. Many countries require your passport to be valid for an additional five or six months in order to let you in. This one always frustrates me. I think your passport should be valid right up until the expiration date, which makes sense. But a lot of countries have this rule that it has to be valid for an additional amount of time, usually three months, five months, six months, um, in order to let you into the country, which, you know, they're just kind of covering their butts and making sure that you're not traveling on an expired ID, but it is annoying because it kind of just like bumps up that expiration date earlier than it actually is. Next fun fact, if your appearance changes, quote unquote, significantly, you may need to get a new passport with a new photo. Now, significant is very subjective, but if you do change up your look quite a bit or, you know, lose or gain a substantial amount of weight, you might have to get a new passport because you don't match your passport photo closely enough anymore. And just some interesting information about the security of passports, because um, a lot of people carry their passports in a holder. I do as well, just kind of for fun and to protect it. I have a cute little pink one that says, I'm so out of here. Anyway, uh, but a lot of those passport holders offer like built-in protection in terms of people scanning or hacking your information just by being in close proximity to your passport. But if your passport was issued after August of 2007, you have what's called an e-passport that has a chip in the back cover that stores your passport information and a biometric identifier based on your photograph and the protection part. To protect you from unknowingly falling victim to high-tech identity theft, there are metallic elements in the cover of the passport, which makes it impossible for the passport to be digitally read until it's physically open. So if you just like have it in your bag and of course it's closed, you'd be very hard to keep it open in your bag, um, it is impossible to scan that information um, until you give it to the border security person and they open it to do all their stuff. So if it's closed, it is fairly well protected just with built-in security things. 
Sorry, not a super techie person. Um, and other fun and important fact, your passport is valid for 10 years if it was issued after you turned 16. If you got one before you were 16, good for you. You're an awesome kid. And it's only valid for five years. And that's just because you change physically so much in that time. Um, your, your picture becomes harder to identify much faster than when you are an adult. All right, so now we are going to tackle how to get a passport. And I've been noticing as I talk about these random topics, whether it's hostels or like free walking tours or whatever, I'm already excited about these things, which is why I want to talk about it and because I think they're really relevant and useful. But as I record the episode, I just get more and more passionate about the topic as we go. So I can already see that starting to happen with passports because I already love passports. By the end, I'm going to be like doing a dance behind the microphone, just like, woo, get your passport. Anyway, um, so there's a slightly different process for renewing a passport versus applying in uh, applying for the first time. I'm mainly going to focus on applying for the first time because I figure if you've already done it, you already have a handle a little bit on the renewal process. And my goal is to help people who are doing this for the first time. So if you are applying for your first passport, you actually need to do it in person. Now, when I first read that, I thought they meant like at a consulate or an embassy or someplace like that. No, in person can be certain post offices are authorized to, you know, take your passport application or some libraries or local government offices like your town hall or your city hall or places like that. So even though you do have to do it in person, there are lots of options for that. It's not like, you know, travel to Washington, D.C. or something. And also, I should have said this at the beginning, this is the American process. So as much as possible, I do want, you know, the information in this podcast to be relevant for people around the world. And I think a lot of it is in terms of traveling. Um, But this is about the American passport. This information is geared to Americans for this episode. All my international friends, maybe you can get something out of this. But if not, I will see you in the next episode. And I hope you come back Um, again as an American. I am speaking for the American process. So you have to go in person for your first passport. Um, This is also true if you are under the age of 16, you have to go in person or you are getting your first quote-unquote like adult passport, you have to go in person after the age of 16. Or if your previous passport was lost or stolen or damaged, you don't have it anymore, you will have to go in person again. Or if your previous passport was issued more than 15 years ago and you didn't renew it in the meantime, you will have to go in person. So there are several reasons why you would have to go as opposed to just mailing your application and all the documents in But again, there are lots of places that count as in-person, so hopefully it won't be too much of a hassle. The turnaround time does vary a little bit depending on the state of the world or the state of the U.S. government at the time. Currently, it's pretty long. It's 18 weeks door to door. So from when you apply to when you get your passport, 18 weeks, which seems crazy to me. That is a very long time. You can expedite it, which we will get into, but it doesn't shorten it that much and it does cost. So speaking of cost, the fee, I think this is so stupid. Sorry, but I do. There's a $35 fee tacked on for any kind of passport that you are getting for an execution or acceptance fee. 
if you have to pay an extra $35, no matter what you're doing, just include that $35 in the price. Just make the the fee $35 more expensive. I don't understand why it's separate, but it is. Um, So for an adult, if you are getting a standard passport, it is $110 plus the $35 fee. You can also get a passport card, which we are going to talk about. The card is only $30 plus the $35 fee, or you can get both of them, which, go figure, is $110 plus $30 and a $35 fee. (laughs) Um, For a child who is 15 and younger, the regular passport is $80 plus the $35 fee, and the card is $15 plus the $35 fee. To expedite this process, which shortens the 18-week turnaround time to only 12 weeks, not that much shorter, is an additional $60. And to apply for your passport, you need lots and lots of documentation. Unfortunately, there is a form which you have to fill out. But in addition to the form, you need number one, evidence of your citizenship. You need an original or a certified copy and a regular copy. This kind of I don't like this very much, having to send in original documents, but that is what they want, or a certified copy, which can be a hassle to get, but if you have it, hey. Um, So your evidence of citizenship can be a U.S. passport already that is expired. You could use that. Um, Your birth certificate or a consular report of birth abroad or certification of birth if you were born in another country but you're an American citizen or a certificate of naturalization, or a certificate of citizenship if you have become an American citizen. So, number one was evidence of your American citizenship. Number two, you need an ID and a photocopy. Your ID can be a valid or expired U.S. passport, or a driver's license, although maybe not a main driver's license, you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm kidding. I Don't, don't take that as real information. I'm sure all states have... Uh, appropriate valid driver's licenses. Um, Certificate of naturalization, again. Certificate of citizenship, again. A government employee ID, a military ID, uh, green card or enhanced tribal cards and Native American tribal photo IDs. Also some other documents like a learner's permit, driver's learner's, learner's permit with a photo. Um, temporary driver's license with photo, things like that. So, so far we have number one, evidence of American citizenship. Number two, ID. Number three, you need a photo. This is sort of the classic thing, your passport photo. There's no official place that takes passport photos. So you can actually just take your own as long as it meets all of their requirements. But also a lot of places that do photos will do passport photos for you as well, like Walgreens, CVS, FedEx, US uh, UPS facilities will do these as well. And you can also find all of the specifications and lots of examples online, specifically at the State Department website, which is travel.state.gov. I will link to that. So generally, your passport photo has to be a color photo that was taken in the last six months, Um, has to be a clear image of your face. They actually specify on the State Department website, don't use social media filters. Um, Also, you need to have someone else take the photo. You cannot use a selfie because the angle is wrong. Yes, the State Department says that. You have to take off your glasses if you wear them. And you have to have a plain white or off-white background. They have actually updated this since the pandemic to say you cannot wear a mask in your photo either. 
And then of course, you will also be sending in the passport fee and your completed application form. So that is everything. Oh, not sending in. Sorry, I was thinking doing this by mail, but you're not doing this by mail. You will be going in person. You need to have the citizenship, your ID, your photo, your fee, and your application form. If you are under 16 and applying for your first passport, or if you have a child under 16 who's applying for a passport, of course, they also have to go in person to do it. And this was interesting to me. They must go with two parents or guardians. And of course, there are you know, caveats. If one of the parents or guardians can't make it, there are ways to get around it, but you need special documents and permission and all of that. Um, they will also need the same documents as the adult passport application, but they also have to prove parental relationship and consent. So for consent, the parents go with the child to apply for the passport. Having the two parents or guardians there is that consent. And to prove the relationship, you need the birth certificate. A lot of these documents are overlapping, so you can have the birth certificate prove the parental relationship, but also provide the proof of U.S. citizenship. So that one document can do both things, pulling double duty there. Many others can as well. Uh, to approve relationship, you could also have the report of birth abroad or certificate of that or a foreign birth certificate or an adoption decree or divorce or custody decree. So any of those can prove that parental re relationship that the children need to have as well. Other than that, everything is the same as the regular passport application in terms of what you need to provide, although the fee is slightly less for kids. Now, what if you want your passport faster than that 18 weeks? You can pay the $60 for the expedited service in 12 weeks, but 12 weeks is still a really long time. What if you need it super, super fast, you have an emergency, you need to leave the country? There are two reasons that they might be able to do it within 72 hours. These are called rushes, and you have to give them a reason. You have to prove that you need it within those three days. The first one is urgent international travel. So that would be you are leaving the country within three days and you don't have your passport yet. You can say, hey, I have this plane ticket. I'm leaving. Here's my reason. I need my passport really fast. But that's not, I'm trying to think of what situations that would be because that's not their other category for a rushed uh, passport, which is a life or death emergency. That is also within three days. You also have to tell them the reason for that, and that could include that you have an immediate family member in another country who is dying or who has passed away or who has a life-threatening injury or illness, um, something like that. So that is a tragic situation, but they can also usually get the passport to you within 72 hours in that case. And now the last thing I want to talk about are passport cards, which we mentioned before. They are quite a bit cheaper than regular passport. And this is something that has been gaining popularity in recent years. I keep seeing them more and more. They do have some overlap with regular passports, but they are not the same thing. So you don't want to go for a passport card just thinking, oh, it's cheaper, it's easier to carry in my wallet, and it'll do exactly the same thing as a passport. That is not true. So traditional passport is, of course, that book, that blue book that we're all familiar with. The passport card looks more like a driver's license or an ID card. So here are some of the similarities and differences of the traditional passport and the passport card. 
the regular traditional book passport, that blue passport that we're all familiar with and love, can be used for international travel by air, sea, or land. So no matter how you're traveling, whether you are flying or you know, crossing a border in a car or on a cruise ship or by boat, you can use your regular passport. Passport cards are only valid at land border crossings and sea border crossings or ports of entry, you know, entering a new country by sea, and only between Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Bermuda, and to and from the U.S., the United States. So you cannot fly internationally with your passport card, and you cannot use it to go to any country other than those listed, the U.S., Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Bermuda. So that is a huge difference there. The passport card is much less uh, useful <laughs> in that sense. Um, but both passport books and passport cards do function as real ID, state-issued ID. So like I said, you can use them to get into bars if you need to. They have the same period of validity. So both the books and the cards are valid for 10 years if you are over 16. Under 16, they are only valid for five years. That's exactly the same. Um, and then obviously they're, they're different shapes and sizes. The, uh, the regular passport is a book. The card is a card that can fit in your wallet. And like we said at the beginning, they do have different costs and fees. Uh, so the traditional passport is more expensive, but it's also a heck of a lot more useful and I would highly recommend getting it. Don't just go for the card. Get the card also if you want. I think that could be a useful thing to carry around, but I would not get just a card um, and not get it, not get the traditional passport as well. But you can request the card when you're applying for your regular passport. Like that's something you can add on as well. So it is pretty convenient there. Um, so why not get both? <laughs> and just to share a funny story here before we, we wrap up, I actually had the experience of renewing my passport in another country. I was living in Taiwan and I realized my passport was going to expire within a few months, I think, like within the next year, I think it was that five or six month buffer time that you need to have before your passport expires. And you can, you can totally renew your passport when you're living in another country. You just need to deal directly with your consulate or your embassy in that country. Now, Taiwan doesn't, or America doesn't technically have a consulate or an embassy in Taiwan because of the interesting political situation, but they do have the American Institute in Taiwan, the AIT, which provides exactly the same services. So it's a de facto embassy, we say, in Taiwan. So I was able to do it by mail because it was a renewal. So I just, you know, provided all the documents, filled out the application form, wrote a check for the fee, mailed it in, and there was a very short turnaround time for that one. I was in Taiwan, so it wasn't the 18 weeks. I think it was like three weeks maybe I got it back. But I was so nervous not having my passport for that period of time. So that's another thing is if you're renewing, you have to send in your old passport as well, which that stresses me out anyway, even when I'm in America, not having my passport. But living in another country and not having my passport was just a very weird situation. Uh, nothing actually happened. It wasn't a problem. I didn't need it within those three weeks, but I got both the old canceled passport. They like punch a hole in the cover so it's not valid anymore. And then my new renewed passport back in the mail as well. So that was a totally smooth process. It's, you know, hopefully it's fairly easy. I don't know how much it varies depending on what country you may be in, but in Taiwan, it was really easy. 
the problem came when I went to leave the country because your new passport has a different passport number than your old passport. It's not something that stays consistent. So I thought that this might be a sticking point, so I made sure to carry the old passport as well. And then I was going through border control to leave the country. I gave them my Taiwanese uh, resident ID and then my new passport, and I just sort of waited. And they looked at everything, you know, went through the computer system, and they said, this isn't this this passport number doesn't match the passport that you entered the country with. I said, yes, I know. Okay, good. Here's my old passport. It expired while I was here, so I have a new one. I renewed it with the AIT. And they said, okay, but you have to leave the country on the same passport that you came in on. You have to use this old passport. I said, I can't use this old passport. They've punched a hole in the cover. It's not valid anymore. It's not a real passport anymore. Um, that's why I renewed to this new one. And they said, look, the expiration date hasn't happened yet. Like the expiration date is still in two months on your old passport. I said, I know, but it's going to expire. So I renewed it. I renewed it before, you know, you have to renew things before the actual specific date or else you're going to really screw yourself over. Um, so I renewed it and now my new one is valid and the old one is not valid anymore. I can't travel on it. And eventually, I don't even remember how I was able to convince them, but we went back and forth many times. Um, and eventually, I think they sent me down a different um, line. They made me go get in a different line or something where someone really knew the details of everything and finally they let me through. Um, but that was my experience of renewing a passport while being in another country and then having to travel on the new passport. So that was a lot of fun. Um, on that note, I would love to hear if any of you have any stories of passports being you know, accepted or not accepted or renewing in other countries. What was that process like? If you are getting your, your first passport, please tell me about it. I would love to support you or offer any advice that I can. And yeah, I'm just, I'm always down to talk anything passports. I think they are fantastic and I love them so much. So you can send any of those stories to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. As always, follow me on Instagram at goingoutyourdoor for lots of everyday travel content and culture shock and reverse culture shock and life in other countries and small towns and American road trips and all that stuff. I'm also on Facebook at Going Out Your Door and on Twitter at Going Out Your. And I'm sure I will geek out with you next time over something very bureaucratic but travel-related next time on Going Out Your Door. Bye.